guys. Welcome back to another episode of Study Break. My name is Melody, and today I am here with teen photographer Shannon. Hi, thanks so much for inviting me. Of course, thank you so much for coming on today, Shannon. Can you give a brief introduction to the audience about where you're from as well as what you do? For sure. So my name's Shannon. I'm a 16-year-old photographer from Canada. And right now I'm just focusing on portraits and fashion photography. I run my own business. Mostly I do um, studio work out of my basement and I'll do outdoor portraits around the city. I'm hoping to work with more fashion brands as I want to build up my fashion portfolio and one day work as a full-time fashion photographer. Awesome. So as you guys can tell, today we're going to be talking all about photography, specifically professional photography, because you actually have clients that you work with. And as you said, you have your own business and you want to expand this business further in the future. That's right. So today, let's first talk a little bit more about your journey to becoming a professional photographer. When did you kind of have this realization that you wanted to take photography seriously? Honestly, I never really had like a light bulb moment. Um, I kind of just picked up my camera that I had been using for a while, just like as a fun hobby. And I had a friend, um, a close friend of mine who uh, did some modeling on the side And we decided, why not just go out one day and take some photos? So we did, and I really liked it. And I I really liked the the shooting process. I loved the editing process. And so I figured I might do that a couple more times. And I met some of her friends who were also models. And people were encouraging me. They said, you should start um, charging people money. You You should make a business out of it. Like people said, I was really talented. So I figured might as well give it a go. Yeah. And so one thing I wanted to point out is as a 16 year old and having to work um, with so many models, managing school, as well as your own business, like it is really impressive, first of all. And second of all, like I feel like you have probably learned so many valuable life lessons just from doing this alone. Yeah, I agree. And thank you. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. You mentioned some important I guess, misconceptions slash ideas that people assume to have in order to start professional photography. And Mm -hmm. one of that is having like really technological and advanced cameras or the latest gear, all of that jazz. (laughs) So what is your response to that? Yeah, I think that's a huge misconception. I get a lot of DMs. I get a lot of questions from people looking to get into photography. And uh, most of them are asking, like, what camera should I buy? What lens should I buy? What's the most high-tech, um, like, industry-level uh, editing software? And it's just, that stuff isn't necessary. Like, especially when you're just starting out, having the most expensive camera and the fanciest lens it's just going to make you confused. And I found like that was a really important lesson to learn working with like a super low end camera with a lens that I got for super, super cheap. You can create some really cool stuff with that, with that gear. And it doesn't really matter. 
Yeah, and um, this kind of ties into a lot of what I see online right now about um, like doing YouTube and even podcasting. People tend to ask like, oh, where did you get your vlogging camera from? Where did you get your microphone from? Things like that. Mm. And sometimes they lose focus that the content you're producing is based on essentially your own talent, your own skills, rather than the device itself. Because if if you can't take photos, like just because you have a good camera doesn't mean it'll come out really nice with the aesthetic that you want to have. Exactly. It's so much more important to focus on actually learning your settings and finding your style and um, discovering like different types of photography and trying them all out, seeing what you love to do. If you don't have any of that like platform to work off of, like again, the all the expensive and fancy gear is just going to overwhelm you and you won't be able to truly enjoy your art. Definitely. And that brings up another good point because a lot of people kind of assume that in order to figure out what they want to do with their art, they decide to go to some sort of art school or um, have a major with some sort of art degree. Mm-hmm. And I, I understand that you have a lot to say about this. So please feel free <laughs> to share what's on your mind. Yeah, for me, um, well, I'm going into my senior year of high school, so I have a little bit of time to figure out what I'm going to be doing um, as well, like as far as post-secondary goes. But right now, I'm kind of thinking of just jumping right into my photography career. I already have the business going. Um, I don't see any reason to stop that, or any reason really why I need a. Uh, a degree or any sort of like formal education since my business is going great without it right now. And I think that's a super big topic that a lot of people don't really talk about since it's almost assumed um, most of the time, at least like in the culture that I live in, that once you graduate high school, everyone asks you, well, where are you going to go to university? Where are you going to go to college? Um, and what are you going to be majoring in? What are you studying? Like that's a huge topic of discussion. And I think it's definitely more than okay to like opt out of that because it's not always necessary. It's not always helpful to get that kind of degree. Obviously, this is just my opinion. Um, a lot of I know a lot of photographers who have um, maybe degrees in like stuff like design or art or photography or business. Those could be super helpful. But just for me and the programs that are available to me, Um, I think it might just be better to get that career experience and get um, the connections just from being in the business, being in the industry, not from a formal education, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I know like attending college has been kind of a big topic recently. This huge debate going on between Gen Z and like... Mm -hmm millennials versus baby boomers like everyone's just discussing if college really is that important yeah I love that debate I'm seeing that all over the place and I I love that people are talking about that because I think it's again like it's almost a huge pressure for a lot of Gen Z that I know um I'm Gen Z so I, I, I can speak for um at least the people that are around me um it's a lot of pressure to figure out where what you want to do at such a young age and having that added, like, okay, now you need to pay 
five thousand dollars ten thousand dollars to you you don't even know what what career you want you don't know what you want to be studying like it's a it's a huge amount of pressure a lot of the time you have to pay five thousand dollars ten thousand dollars and um you end up not even getting an education that's worth it yeah and i think this is like a really interesting topic that i definitely want to explore more on my podcast but um personally i I am going to go to college because I'm the first person to do so in my family. So I think it's important to, you know, do that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And generally speaking, I think college definitely has some perks. Like you said, one of the biggest things that can help you advance in whatever field you want to do for your career is to gain that work experience and to build connections, aka networking. And one of the best ways to do that is to attend like a college with alumni, you know, but it's hard because usually the colleges with the most powerful alumni come from like private elite schools and not everyone gets that opportunity. So I think in that sense, it's very, it's like a high pressure situation because you're like, huh, should I really go for a college, you know, just for the networking to gain a valuable education or should I just start now? Yeah, exactly. That's definitely d- the debate that I'm going through now, but I think like it's even just useful to take a gap year if you if you're not 100% sure and maybe try out just jumping right into the business see if that's feasible or if maybe you need the extra step of going to college and getting those connections. Mhm. Definitely. It's something to explore on your own. And I think this whole debate, honestly, it really is subjective. It's based Mm. on what you prioritize and what you value. And I know this is kind of off topic from the photography uh, theme, but it's also really important to discuss because generally speaking, like these episodes are all about showing you guys some different cool teens pursuing their own passions. And Shannon is a perfect example of this. Like she is such a skilled and talented photographer, but uh, you know, there's there's so many things going on behind the scenes, which is definitely something we're gonna continue exploring today. Yes, I definitely love the topic and the conversation of like college, university, is it worth it? And I think like that's a huge part of my business and my like photography career so I think that's definitely relevant yeah for sure and it also is really relatable to like pretty much all teens right now oh yeah and I'm going into my senior year you are too like this Mm -hmm. is some high stakes time I know personally for me I've been recently feeling this immense pressure of how like I kind of need to get everything sorted out right now otherwise I'm going to be a failure in the future and all of that and a part of me knows that's not true, but the other part of me is like, you, you got to get on your grind, girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's summer too. <laughs> exactly. It's but so hard no to relax. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so um, going back to, you know, obviously uh, going to college and all of that, there's also something else that you pointed out earlier, which is how some artists, they go to school to you know study art um there's multiple degrees in it whether it's like dance or art history a lot of these students they graduate and then they actually start to hate 
art and hate everything that has to do with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have been talking to a lot of artists about that. Um, I have some friends who are really into art, and I've been asking them, like, are you thinking of maybe going to school, maybe、um, pursuing a career in like this thing that you love so much? And they've said, like, no, I just can't imagine having to do this for a grade. Um, to be forced to like pay attention to all these technical aspects that they're not used to focusing on so much. Because as a photographer, when you're、um, you're learning the basics, you're learning the settings. You might be focusing on the rule of thirds and the proper lighting and、um, leading lines and all of these golden rules of photography that are presented to you. Is this is how you create the perfect photo? But once you start getting into Your style and your creativity becomes an aspect that you're focusing on. You kind of lose those、um, super specific rules because you just don't need them. They're they're there to help you、um, create an aesthetically pleasing photo, but it's not always necessary. And I feel like when you、um, are forced to study your art、um, in an educational setting, you Have to pay attention to those aspects again, and that can be really uncomfortable for a lot of artists. And it takes away the fun that is usually a part of、um, art for for most people that enjoy doing art. It's just supposed to be a fun thing, and having to、um, prove you that you can do these super specific rules to someone can be really frustrating. Yeah, exactly, and. I've always found it really weird. Like in my high school, there's art classes. It's just been really strange to see how some students get A's and other students get B's. Because from my understanding of art, it's completely subjective. So、oh, yeah. I don't really understand how there's a grade involved, especially in this.、Um, I guess like in this field, right? I think,、um, and that's something that I've actually been thinking about lately. I have a friend who's、um, an amazing artist, and、uh, if if I was the teacher, I would be giving them A plus every time.、Um, but I think because it's for a grade, the teacher wants to see something so specific. They want to see hyper realism, and that's not my friend's style, for example. And it's all about just pleasing the teacher at that point. You're not doing the art for yourself,、um, and I think that's. Another, like an issue that I could see myself facing、um, if I decide to go to school for photography, because I'd have to switch my mindset from,、um, okay, well, do I want to make art that I'm proud of, or do I want to please this stranger and get a good grade? And for most artists, for most creative minds, that's just not a choice. You, you you have to make art that you're proud of. You have to make art that is your style. There is no other option. I think that really sucks that artists are forced to、um, like fit themselves in in this box that just isn't that it's not built for them.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And it it just sounds horrible, like especially when it comes to creativity. Everyone is trying to explore this in their own ways. So to be told exactly what to do step by step, in a sense, I think in the beginning it might be helpful as a form of like guidance. 
but eventually if this continues on like it feels kind of like you're just following rules the whole entire time which is obviously the opposite of what create creativity and freedom is exactly moving on now let's discuss more about some myths that photographers often face and one of them is the fact that taking photos is something that everyone can do and it's really easy to do why should photographers charge so much for it Mm -hmm. I think that's definitely fair enough I mean um some people will say like I can take photos um of my friend on my iPhone for free why do I have to charge why do I have to pay you a hundred dollars to do it for me and you know what if you want to take photos on your iPhone I'm not forcing you to um invest in my business and sometimes I think people forget that uh they might get angry but at the end of the day if you want to take photos for free you can do that and that's completely okay um the reason that photographers do charge an extra money though is because there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes um there's not only planning the shoot beforehand, making sure um, the client is completely comfortable, making sure outfits are planned, locations are planned, and the times and dates work out with everyone's schedule. That's part of it as well. And then traveling to the shoot, that's gas money that's going into it. Actually taking the photos and honing our skills, which for a lot of us have taken like years to build up. especially I think if you've invested in formal education or training of some sort to hone your skills, that should be a factor um, in the pricing of a photographer's work. Um, And then there's the editing that goes on after the fact. Uh, Usually if I take an hour long shoot, I'll be editing at home for three hours at least. Um, And that's just to make sure that the photos look as best as they can. Um, I want to make sure the colors are perfect, the lighting's perfect, and the skin of the model is perfect. And that's a lot of effort that goes in to make the the final product. It's not just pushing a button. And um, it's not something that I'd be comfortable offering for free since I know that my skills and my time um, are worth something. What makes a photographer different from, you know, an average person taking pictures on their iPhone? Mm-hmm. I think that is definitely fair. And I mean, like, photographers have the fancy equipment and they have the, the fancy skills. But at the end of the day, um, it's all based on your personal preference. Like, if, if you feel comfortable spending the extra money and supporting someone in their business, then that's amazing. Um, if you're maybe on a budget and you can't really afford to um, spend that extra money, then that's also okay. And no one is like forcing anyone to spend that money since sometimes it is quite a bit. I understand that. Um, I don't know if even I personally would um, invest in one of my photo shoots, but um, it is a super fun craft to master and I think it's really rewarding to be able to um, get paid for it as well Mm -hmm. yeah exactly and one other thing specifically that applies for you is the fact that you also have to balance photography with 
your outside job as well as school, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, I am a full-time student once the school year resumes, and I do have a full-time job at the moment. So it's been a little tricky balancing everything, but um, Google Calendar is my best friend. I try and balance everything as best I can. My mom drives me everywhere since I can't drive yet, <laughs> which is also a little bit of a struggle for her, but I appreciate um, her and everything she does. Since we're on this topic, let's talk a little bit more about time management because this is so important. One topic that kind of sparks from this is the fact that you have to essentially sacrifice some of your time doing some socializing because oftentimes instead of hanging out with friends, you have to work or you have to edit pictures, do your schoolwork, etc. So how do you feel about this? I mean, like I did have that thing come up today, actually. A couple of my friends were hanging out and I would have loved to go join them, but I had to shoot at the other end of the city. So just logistically, it would have worked out um, with the timing. And it sucks, but I do realize that that's how it's going to be if I want to run a business and also have a full-time job on the side, um, there's going to be some sacrifices that I have to make. And at the end of the day, there's always going to be other times to hang out with my friends. They're not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I can relate to all of what you just said. And I think one other thing that's interesting is the fact that sometimes you decide to let yourself go hang out or take some time off and relax. But then there's this like small voice inside of your brain being like, if you don't do this, like your your business is going to fail and you're going to be a failure and like all this horrible negative self-talk. Do you experience this as well? I definitely do. Um, I think like because of the pandemic and force it like having being forced to go into lockdown and not being able to book any photo shoots for like long amounts of time. Um, I definitely did have that almost imposter syndrome, like I wasn't allowed to um, have a career in photography since I wasn't doing the photography at that very moment, Um, which is definitely a little overwhelming. Um, And I did deal with it like every single time I came out of lockdown since I realized I hadn't been doing anything creative for so long and I kind of had to sharpen my skills again and it felt like I didn't really um deserve to have the business that I did that's definitely something I've been dealing with and it's not um it's not a cute part of owning a business and it's not a cute part of the arts but I think it's definitely something that is important to talk about since when you do have something that you're so passionate about whether or not it's within the arts or Um, with sciences or with anything really Um, there's going to be those moments where you feel your passion slipping away a little bit and you you get a little scared um, thinking well if I don't have this what do I have Um, I think that's definitely real and that's definitely a conversation people don't have but burnout definitely is real burnout definitely is a thing which is kind of the opposite of what we're talking about I'm a little scared of that since I don't think I've faced real burnout yet And I think that can also make 
people feel like they're losing their passion a little bit. So it's it's a fine line to walk. You don't want to go too long without practicing your craft, but you also don't want to practice it too much and overwork yourself. Exactly. Yeah. It's like losing that spark is really scary because in the beginning, when you're starting out your passion project, you're like, oh my gosh, I love doing this. I want to do this forever. Mm -hmm. Um, And then once you start losing that spark, it's like, oh my gosh, like, was I lying to myself this entire time? Am I just going to give up all of my hard work right now? What is going to happen in the future? What am I going to do in the future? And all of this what ifs, you know, I think that's mm-hmm. the key here, the the what ifs and the the um, negative self-talk as well, just that combined, it gets really overwhelming. And it can, I think it, it's definitely harmful to your mental health. Mm-hmm, definitely. It, it's a lot. It's hard to um, have something that you're so passionate about, especially at a young age where, like, as we we're talking about before, it's a, it's a high pressure time, you need to sort of figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life right now. Um, And that's a lot of pressure for um, everyone around us. So um, it's difficult to have that one thing that you're so dead set on. It's also really strange, right? Like it's such a weird feeling to be like, Mm -hmm. I think I was wrong this entire time. Mm -hmm. And it kind of took me a while to realize this, but I kind of just realized it now as we're discussing about this topic, but it really isn't about if you were right or wrong, right? It's more of, I guess, growing as cliche as it might sound, but like, yeah, in a sense, you're going to continue growing. And as you develop as like a greater person and a better person, like there's going to things that there's going to be things that you want to let go of. And I think Um, realizing that and letting go of something that you used to be so passionate about is I think really heartbreaking it's like a bittersweet moment with more of the bitter part Mm -hmm. definitely and just to add on to that um, no choice uh, you ever make throughout your life will be permanent even if it feels like you've invested so much time in this thing and it should go on forever you're allowed to change your mind. You're allowed to take a different path. And I think that it's so, um, it's so ingrained in us to graduate high school and um, go into college and cho- choose one major and go through it for your entire time in college and then graduate college and pick a job. And then you have that for your entire life, but it, it just doesn't have to be that cut and dry. And for most people, it's not. For most people... Because, because we're all human, right? We make mistakes. We want to try one thing and then we end up not liking it. Um, or we want to try one thing and we love it, but it's just not feasible for us in that moment. And I think it's so important not to put that kind of pressure on ourselves to always make the right decisions and to always have it right the first time because that's just not possible. Exactly. It's trial and error. Everything is an experience, right? Mm-hmm. Let's let's continue talking more about photography. We we, sure. we keep getting off topic, but they're also really important conversations. So I'm really glad we're talking about this. Yes, me too. And so, can you go over a little bit more about how the behind the scenes of your photo shoots go? Because 
from my understanding, there is a lot happening from finding your models, organizing teams, also scheduling the photo shoot with your client, networking, setting a price for your photos, all of this behind the scenes work going on. Um, so let's just start from finding your models. How exactly does this process look like? So for the most part, actually, my models find me. I think I've only really reached out to maybe one or two of my models. Um, mostly they find me through Instagram. I know a few have found me through like TikTok, which is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, my models will usually find me through Instagram and they'll reach out to me um, through the DMs and they'll ask like if they're able to book a photo shoot and I'll say, yeah, for sure. And then we'll work out a date and a time and all that. Your models are essentially your client, right? Because I feel like we completely forgot to establish what a client means for those listening who may not know. Um, so can you briefly describe who exactly a client is? For sure. So a client is just anyone who is booking a photo shoot with me. So they could be an actual model with an agency. Maybe they're looking to get some photos for their modeling portfolio or they could be any regular person who just wants some photos for their Instagram. Yeah. And so moving on, let's talk about organizing your team. So this is kind of like the crew members who you work with in order to make these photo shoot happen. First of all, let's first establish who your team consists of. So go ahead and name some titles slash jobs of people in your team. For sure. So we have the stylist. Um, there could be a fashion designer who would make um, the clothes. We could have a makeup artist, uh, possibly an assistant that could help me out with any of my tasks that I'm doing throughout the photo shoot. And not usually, but sometimes there could be a videographer who is also helping out and taking some behind the scenes footage, which would help them get some work for their portfolio as well. Yeah. And so I think it's just so cool that you get to work with so many people um, for a single photo shoot. Like it's, it really is a team effort. And it's just really cool to see that you're able to, I guess, bring so many people together and lead them into really successful projects. Yeah, it could definitely be a little bit overwhelming at times. Um, since most of the people that I've worked with are much older than me. Um, so it feels a little bit strange to be the one in charge, but I also uh, do like it. I like having that um, creative leadership. And I think it is really cool to get like creatives from like all ends of the creative world um, together on one collective vision. Yeah. And so you pointed out that makeup artists are who you work most often with. And so what is it like since you're the photographer and you're essentially kind of like the director I guess for photo shoots do you explain to makeup artists like how you want um, your model's makeup to look or do they kind of just do their own thing yeah so usually I do give them sort of like a an idea at least um I'll only really work with makeup artists if it's a little bit of a bigger photo shoot maybe we have like some creative ideas involving makeup that we want to try out a lot of the time 
if I'm working with just clients that want some photos for their Instagram or maybe headshots or something like that, they'll do their own makeup at home since it's easier for them and it's more comfortable. But if I have a more creative idea, I might send some inspiration photos to the makeup artist, see what they're able to do. And like we have a lot of really creative um, and talented makeup artists in the city that I'm in. So they're able to do really anything that I that I challenge them with, which is extremely impressive. Yeah. And so how exactly do you find these team members? Are they like mostly your friends or do you like free um, hire freelancers? Yeah. So a lot of the time when I work with other team members, it's just a big collaboration. Um, we're all getting work out of it. Uh, it's going into our portfolio since it's usually a creative project that we're all um, really proud of and really happy to be doing. Uh, usually I find them through Instagram. Um, networking is like a bigger part of this than I ever expected it to be. Um, but a lot of the time when I see a photographer that I admire in the city working with a makeup artist, I'll put that makeup artist name in the back of my mind um, just so I know like they're available and they do awesome work. And the next time I'm in need of one, I'll reach out to them and see if they're interested. Yeah, and this brings up another really good thing to discuss, which is networking, because I think most teens kind of had the wrong idea of networking until you're in that position where networking is required. I think at first for me, I I really thought networking was just like, oh, you're you're talking to a bunch of people and you're making friends with a ton of people, but that's mm-hmm. not really how it works, right? Yeah, that's honestly exactly what I thought it was too. Just like making friends, which it kind of is. Having those connections is like super key. Super key. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it's really just about knowing people in your area and working with as many people as possible. I'd never realized that like um, knowing this one makeup artist would help me find a designer that would be willing to make me a dress for a shoot like it's all everything's so connected especially when you might live like in a smaller city or a smaller neighborhood of a um, of a big city uh everything's super connected and especially in the creative world um somehow it turns out that everyone knows each other um and if you're in that creative loop, it makes your life so much easier when you're trying to find team members and people to work with. Yeah, exactly. And I just, real quick, I wanted to share a really funny story. Basically, one day I was, back when I was still in tennis, um, (laughs) I was getting ready to practice. And then my assistant principal comes up to me and says, oh, it looks like you're having a good day. And I was like, yeah, I just, I got to interview this really cool person for my podcast. And I'm just not going to name any names right now because um, of privacy reasons, but also just to like, you know, keep it, keep it chill here. But um, (laughs) it was, it's just so crazy to me because my assistant principal was like, oh, who is it? I explained who the person was. And then he was like, oh my gosh, no way. I have a friend who's friends with that person. And I was like, what? "What?" (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
this by the way this assistant principal has no idea I had a podcast I was he didn't even know like what this interview was for so like just hearing this I was like oh my goodness this is a small world I've had um like teachers of mine that have asked me for my Instagram just to confirm because they realized that their kids followed me on Instagram <laughs> like my my business Instagram page and uh-huh. that's like partially scary <laughs> because now I realize that my teacher's kids like talk about me yeah to my teachers <laughs> so um yeah that is crazy and it's so insane how small of a world we live in sometimes exactly like that's just oh my gosh it's hilarious and I think you you also said that making connections is a really important part of the arts which is so true because if you look at movies that is like a prime example of using connections and just like networking because honestly if you know someone who knows like a writer and that writer knows a director and then the director is currently casting for like a role you know Mm -hmm. it's a long 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 connection but you know if things work out yeah it can make a huge difference um if you're trying to find like jobs or um contracts or something like if you know the right people that's honestly what's going to get you in Yeah, exactly. And I think a part of this, when I first really understood what it meant, it kind of like broke my heart because I'm like, wow, well, that doesn't sound very genuine and stuff. But eventually I realized it's the the genuine part of networking is how you make of it. You can make it as genuine as you want or be as fake as you want, which obviously study break does not condone being fake. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, like for me, with all of my podcast guests, I always try to make this like a very safe and free environment to just share whatever opinions you have, whatever you want to talk about, Um, Mm -hmm. ask as many questions as you want before we start recording and stuff like that. And, you know, um, usually I get to follow up with my guests, you know, stay in contact in one way or another. Sometimes I do lose touch with some of my guests, but it's okay, you know, there's never any hard feelings. And I think that's, that's something really important to learn as you kind of become more independent and grow your business. Yeah, I think like networking can feel like it's just the people who are in the know and who like have, it's almost like a popularity contest in a way. But from what I've seen, like if you're able to make like really genuine human connections with people, um, they're going to remember you. And when an opportunity comes up, they're going to think of your name. And I think that's like part of the fun um, of like having a craft that uh, you spend a lot of time and effort into um, is making those connections and meeting those people who are in the same world as you. Um, and just being able to make like genuine friendships, not just Uh, something that relates to a job or something that relates to like a one-time endeavor, like a friendship that will last. Exactly. Yeah. And I've known so many people in like the entertainment industry, 
and just in whatever industry they work in, usually some of their closest friends are people that they knew from networking, which is absolutely mm-hmm. insane. But like, things kind of just work out, you know, and it's, it's just really cool to see that. Yeah, I agree. Before we end this episode, I think we should talk a little bit more about pricing. Like it might sound really weird, but I think this is something that a lot of people are interested in hearing, especially teens that are just starting off with um, launching their business. And for photography, I think it's very different because you're charging based off your service rather than the product itself, which I guess it's also true, especially if you like print the photos out and -hmm. all that. Um, But can you kind of go over the process of how you price your photos and your work? For sure. So I think this is definitely the question I get asked the most. And it might also be the question I'm the worst at answering. So (laughs) we'll see. I'm definitely still trying to figure this out myself. Um, I've been underpricing myself for months now and I know I am but it it definitely is hard to realize how much your worth your work is worth um which is the first step you gotta assess your work and assess um the effort that you put into each photo shoot figure out how many hours exactly that you're spending on each shoot and that's not just taking the photos that's also the time it took to plan the photo shoot, travel time to get to the location, editing after the fact, uploading the photos, sending it to the client, all of that goes into the time that you're investing into this photo shoot. Once you've figured out how many hours you think it takes, compare your work to other photographers, which sounds superficial and it kind of sucks, but it's important just to see what photographers in your area are charging. Because you want to see what the standard is in your area. It's going to be different for every region of the world. Um, That's why there's not really one price fits all for photographers. Um, I know a lot of people will ask me, like, I'm just starting out with my business. How much should I charge? And I wish I could just give you a number and have it be that. But it really depends on the photographers in your area. Your comfort level with, like, are, are you comfortable shooting a lot? Because if you charge yourself like really, really cheap, people are going to want your services, um, which is something that I realized since I was super, uh, I was charging super cheap and a lot of people booked with me. And then I had a lot of photo shoots to deal with, which was great in a way, but then it was also a little bit overwhelming. So yeah, you don't want to price yourself too low because you'll mess up the market a little bit, which is something I had to learn. Um, since if everyone that wants photos done is going to you, other photographers in your area aren't going to be able to make as much money as they were before, um, which isn't really fair. And if you price too high, you might find yourself just not getting any work at all, um, which would suck. So it's a really fine line to walk. Um, but I think what helped me the most was just comparing myself to other photographers as much as it was uncomfortable. Um, finding photographers in my area who I, whose skill I thought matched mine and just seeing how much they charge for photo shoots and making packages based on that. Yeah, definitely. That was very insightful. Well, thank you. 
what are your thoughts on pricing based off your personal financial situations? Yeah, so right now, um, since I'm living at my parents' house and I'm not paying off debts or bills or anything like that, I don't really have to worry about making a certain amount of money um, to pay for those debts and bills. But I know once I move out and for a lot of photographers who already have lives that they have to pay for, um, it's definitely a subject of concern. Uh, you wanna meet, make sure that you're making enough money to um, meet those needs. So uh, I think one of the most helpful things to do is to make a spreadsheet. I know some people hate spreadsheets, some people love them. I personally love them. I think they're kind of cool but maybe that's just me. <laughs> um, but I think being able to see all of your um, expenses laid out in front of you um, makes it very cut and dry to see how much you'll have to charge your, um, your photo shoots to make ends meet. Um, if you're having, let's say, 10 photo shoots a month, and you know you have to make X amount of dollars a month, then you know how much you have to charge per photo shoot. Um, and that can make it a super logical answer for you since you have to be making that amount of money. Um, so that's how much you have to charge. Yeah, that was perfectly said. Um, I think generally speaking, this episode was very insightful on both the photography world as well as generally running a business. Mm hmm. And so what is your final advice for teens who might want to be pursuing photography professionally as well? I think even though we talked a lot in this episode about um, the struggles of photography and losing your spark and deciding whether or not you want to go to college or pursue it as a career and all that stuff that might make it sound really scary, I think the most important thing is you have to follow your heart. And if your heart is telling you that you want to take photos for the rest of your life, then do that. Even if there are obstacles in the way, and there will be, I promise you there will be obstacles, big ones, small ones, like scary ones. It's not going to be an easy ride uh, because the arts is hard to get into. And that's something that not a lot of people talk about all the time. And it's not really shown um, for maybe your creative idols that you look up to. It might look like they just got into it so easy, but there were obstacles that they faced and there'll be obstacles that you'll face as well. But if it's truly something that you want, you have to go for it and you have to follow your heart and you have to put 120% into it and, and you'll get there. Perfect. Thank you so much, Shannon. Like everything you said I loved it so much. Again, it was so insightful. I learned so much about photography from you. So thank you. Amazing. Thank you again so much for inviting me on here. This is my first ever podcast. So I'm, I'm super, super excited. Yes. Oh my gosh. I feel so honored to have you on. So where can the listeners connect with you? Yeah. So I am Shannon Creelman on everything. Um, that's Shannon, S-H-A-N-N-O-N, Creelman, C-R-E-E-L-M-A-N. I have an Instagram. I have a TikTok. 
I think that's it. <laughs> I have a Pinterest <laughs> as well if you're interested, but I don't really do much on there. Yeah, so make sure to follow Shannon. She's super amazing, so make sure to check out her work. Also, make sure to follow Study Break's Instagram at the Study Break Podcast. Tune into your favorite podcast app, follow Study Break there, and stay tuned for a new episode every Tuesday. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope you have an amazing day, and I'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.